devastating news for Everton and Nottingham Forest. The big story in the Premier League right now is that both of those clubs are facing FFP breaches. For Everton, it is more breaches and potentially more points taken away. For Forest, some of the numbers you're hearing about are absolutely crazy. Everton have already been docked points, as I say, for breaching FFP. Now, both of these cases have to be heard by the 8th of April. And at that point, there is still six games to play in the Premier League. That's going to make things pretty interesting. And for Everton, you know, they've got a new stadium on the way. This could be a hammer blow, a devastating blow. This is a it's a crossroads in the future. I don't want to be sensational. I don't like you know, going over the top. But if they get docked another 10 points, to have 20 points docked and still survive, of course, the previous docking, if you will, and they're moving to the docks as well, aren't they? The stadium looks amazing, by the way. You can see some shots. I'll overlay some shots here. It's coming along really well. They did delay the opening. Um, they're going to have another season uh, at Goodison next year. And they don't want that farewell season to be in the championship. And they certainly don't want to be opening that stadium in the championship just for the, the financials as well which is why they're in this mess, that they need to stay in the Premier League. They need to survive. For Forest, it's a tricky one because the reason they're in this mess is because they wanted to stay in the Premier League so much. They've been outside of the Premier League for so long that they're you know, traditionally a massive, massive club, Forest. And um, it's, it's a strange one because you're doomed if you do and you're doomed if you don't, right? If you look at someone like Luton, they've come up, they've, they've tried to do it without overextending. Maybe they, you know, they don't have that money to spend, but they're certainly not going to do what Forrest did, which I think they had, I think it was 20 plus players, put it this way, uh, on over 50 grand or 40, 50 grand, put it this way, their weekly wage bill was higher than Arsenal's. I think it was 2 million per week at one point during this time. And as I say, it is a tricky one because if you don't spend, if you come up with a championship squad, like someone like Luton, they've added a few players, but they've added players like, you know, Townsend coming in on a free, Barkley coming in on a free. They're, they're good, you know, footballers, or they certainly were in the past, and they've done well for them this season. But it's not, you know, you're not going and paying 20, 30 million for players similar to what Forrest did, offering out big money. And you're taking more of a risk if you don't spend the money. I'm a Blackpool fan, and when we went to the Premier League, we got relegated on the final day. But we didn't spend any money. And sometimes there's a happy medium, isn't there? And that's what the FFP rules have been brought in for. These cases, as I say, they've got to be seen, heard by the 8th of April. Maybe it'll be quicker than that. Maybe these teams will want to just know the answers right now. You know, if you're going to dock us points, do it now so we can you know, have that time. You don't want to be getting docked points with six games to go, especially these two teams that look to be in and around a relegation scrap this season. Everton, without the, the 10 points, would be about eighth, I think. You know, they've had a good season. Um, but it's a shame as well for Dyche and Everton because finally they are they seem to be going in the right direction. The players on the pitch know what they're doing. They can defend, which is not what we've seen from Everton over the last few years. So it's a real shame for Everton that the mismanagement of previous regimes is now catching up with Sean Dyche, who is doing a, a great job. Which one of these teams do you think if any, will go down. Let us know in the comments. Will Everton survive another potential point deduction? I think if you get 20 points docked when you're a team that was struggling against relegation last season anyway and you still stay up, you've you've worked miracles. You've worked miracles if you can do that. Um, for Forrest, 10 points is going to be a big ask. Nuno has done well since he's come in. He's certainly shored them up. They were seemingly in free fall with Steve Cooper conceding for fun. Um, but now they look a bit more solid, but it's whether the team 
has the backbone, the bottle to deal with a, a points deduction. Not all teams can deal with a points deduction. Everton, they rallied around it and Dyche is that type of manager that can create that atmosphere. And Everton as a club, right, even with another points deduction, they would it would just spur them on. Forrest, with the squad and the size of the squad and the mix of the squad and how new the squad is in terms of, you know, the cohesion, a manager just coming in there now, will they be able to rally as Everton did? Yet to be seen, also yet to be seen whether Forrest will get docked. I think it's 105 million, is it, that you're allowed to lose? I think Forrest were nearing 250 um, from what I've seen early reports. Anyway, that's pretty crazy, isn't it, to be honest? Um, But as I said before, what do you do if you're a promoted team? What would you do? If you're playing football manager, and I've been in this situation recently where Blackpool got promoted in the first two seasons of the beta, um, but then the real game came out and my tactic got killed straight away. Just the same tactic, same players, just didn't work. Couldn't win a game, <laughs> so had to readjust. But regardless, when I went into the Premier League, I was looking at I was more of a Luton. I was, you know, looking at free signings, looking at loan players from your cities and your Liverpools. Whereas Forest, they just went and, you know, even if they had uh, plenty of midfielders, they'd just go and buy another central midfielder. Harry Arter was on 40 grand a week. I think they gave him a four-year contract or something. And he didn't, you know, he was being asked to terminate his contract. And he was like, no, I'm not. You gave me the contract. And you cannot blame him for that. It's mismanagement. It is mismanagement from, from Forrest and from Everton as well. They're not, they're not without any wrongdoing. It's just whether the points deduction is fair, given how you must spend money to keep up with some of the other teams in the league. I think we're in for a a wild end to the season if those points deductions are handed out after the 8th of April, which is when the cases must be heard by. So just to reiterate that, these two individual cases have got to be heard by the 8th of April. Now, there's also an appeal going on for Everton's initial 10-point docking. So it could be that that one gets overturned, but then they get the the uh, the next 10 points or maybe 15 or whatever it is added back or taken away again, I should say. So it's going to be interesting. I, I personally think that that late in the season, any suspension, any points deduction will be suspended to the start of next season. Um, but if a team is being relegated anyway, this season, say Forest, if they're in the bottom three, those points cannot be deducted from the EFL because they have different rules and regulations. So that I don't know how that would work, to be honest, if Forest got relegated and then promoted again. Would they then get the 10 points deducted the next time they play Premier League football? That's uh, that's something that I don't think... I mean, it's certainly never happened before, right? So we're in unprecedented times in that regard. Um, let me know what you think in the comments. Really eager and, and keen to, to get your thoughts on this one because it's, it's an unusual situation, isn't it? And um, actually, just before we go, I will talk a little bit about Chelsea and about City. So as you all know now, I mean, it gets added to every tweet, doesn't it? You know, the replies are all full of, what about City? What about City? 115 charges. So City were charged in 2023 with over 100 uh, charges from the Premier League. Now, they date back to 2009. So it's a much more historic case. Whereas Forrest and Everton, it's on a three-year cycle. And it's a recent three-year cycle. It's the last three years of uh, profitability. And they're allowed to lose a certain much. That one, it is a bit more black and white. Um, the City one, so many charges. City are going to have, I mean, all Premier League teams will have the best lawyers because they can afford it. But I think City, 
and the city group, um, there is a lot more power there, probably. Um, and there will be some very, very high up lawyers and partners of companies and businesses that are delaying this and are making sure that there is a favourable outcome, at least before these punishments are handed out for City. I don't think it's strange that it's taking so long, but I think it's strange that there's a lack of transparency. I know that in any other court case and, and legal proceedings, you, you're not allowed to publicly talk about the case or anything. But I think football is a little bit different when you've got so many fans worldwide um, that are part of the team, essentially part of the brand, part of the business, then they should know. They're, a set, they're, they're shareholders of some degree, if you know what I mean. And um, I'm sure City shareholders have been briefed about um, the ongoings of the court cases and the, uh, the, the 115 breaches. So I do believe the fans should be kept in the loop to some degree. Um, and it's just dragging on and dragging on, isn't it? Now, there is speculation over Chelsea as well, but Chelsea... From what you hear, they believe that they are innocent. They believe they are not uh, breaching the uh, profitability rules um, at this moment in time. They've obviously spent a billion pounds there or thereabouts on transfers. That's just since Todd Bowley's come in. Now, these uh, profit and sustainability rules, they work on a three-year cycle, as I said before. Now, what Chelsea have done is stretched the contracts of the players from five to eight years, really. A lot of the players coming in, Enzo Fernandez, he's on an eight-year contract, which is unheard of, really. Um, but given his age and stuff, it kind of makes sense. But it is, don't, you know, don't beat around the bush. It is to get that value um, down and spread across the eight years so that Chelsea can avoid going over and getting a fine or a, a points deduction. And um, it was so clear that that is what Chelsea were doing that they've actually changed the rules now. You won't be able to, to do that. You won't be able to um, spread the cost across that span of time. You'll be able to offer, you know, they're not stopping people offering eight, ten-year contracts or whatever. Um, but in terms of FFP, you're not going to be able to spread it across like Chelsea did to get those overall numbers down. Another thing that Chelsea have done well, and City have, have actually done well as well, but obviously, as I said before, their case is historic back to 2009 but in recent years Chelsea and City that they're, they're selling homegrown talent um, and that helps because it's if it's an academy player it's pure profit on a transfer rather than bringing someone in for 15 million and then selling them for 35 million later on Loftus-Cheek, Mason Mount, uh, Tamori as well, Tammy Abraham you know they've they've, they've let a lot of players go. Um, Chelsea fans might not agree with it, but again, I think it comes from a business point of view. Uh, Lewis Hall, potentially, if that one gets turned permanent, which I think the fee is mandatory, 45 million. You can see why Chelsea actually, in one sense, might be quite healthy in terms of the general rules. They've still spent nearly one billion pounds. Don't you know you can't you can't work your way around that one. But just in terms of those profitability rules and, and regulations, they might be under the threshold at this moment in time. So to bring it back to Everton and Forest before we um, head off on this video, uh, I want to get your thoughts, get your comments. Do you think both of those teams would survive, let's say, another ten point deduction? It would be an initial ten point deduction for Forest, of course. Um, I just think that the spending in general is crazy now in the Premier League. I think it's gotten too crazy. We just spoke about Chelsea spending one billion and they've still not got a striker. There's just mismanagement all across the Premier League, to be honest. And there's only a few clubs that stand out and um, and shine. Brighton, Brentford, 
they spring to mind straight away. Smart clubs that are just trying to be smarter than other clubs. They're not trying to throw their money around. I mean, Chelsea have been rinsed, to be honest. If you look at some of the fees that they've paid for players, Enzo Fernandez is a good player. Is he worth 120 million? No, absolutely not. Kukurela, player of the year for Brighton. Yes, great. He played well in a system designed for that team. And that's the difference in a lot of these teams that they actually look at the players they've got already and think, how can we get the best out of these collective players? And Chelsea paid 60 million for Kukurela. Is he worth 60 million? No. Simply, he's not worth 60 million. Is Lavia worth 50 million? Maybe he will be one day. Um, They're buying potential, Chelsea, at the minute. They spent an awful lot of money on defenders. 60 million for Fafana. He's probably not even played 60 games for Chelsea. He's been really unlucky with injuries, as have Chelsea in general. Chilwell and James consistently injured. The keeper's injured at the minute. But the failure to secure a striker and them needing to potentially go out and buy Ivan Toney or someone similar be it now or in the summer, just shows and and, and highlights the poor management of the club and uh, the, the the reckless spending, the rash decisions in sacking Tuchel and then Potter. Um, I think you stick with either one of them. Obviously, ideally, you don't sack Tuchel. Um, he won you a Champions League. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. 